You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tactical Kitchen Show. That's a penalty on the offense. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Zero entertainment for the Super Bowl. Wasn't that the saddest Super Bowl? It was. It It was was. really sad. I I know some people are going to be like, Maybe you didn't even watch it, but oh my gosh, the halftime show was just as slow as the whole game. Well, here, here's how all the uh, NFL gurus are going to spin it. It was a very defensive battle. It was a tactical showdown between two very good coaches, and they played <laughs> hard against each other. Oh my gosh, first, before anything else, this is episode 38 of the Tactical Kitchen Show. Yay, Tactical Kitchen Show, way and to go. And hopefully, maybe we'll be more entertaining than Adam Levine. Oh my gosh, I think he, he had to have like a head cold or something going on, or he just can't sing, I'm not sure. I don't know, but after like, okay, two years ago when it was Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. I, I'm still stuck on that because she was probably the best halftime show I've ever seen. And I didn't know what to expect with her. You never know what to expect with Lady Gaga, but it was the coolest, most authentic, entertaining halftime show they've had so far. I felt like she and I could be best friends. (laughs) I mean, it was really good, and she can sing. Like, I think for me... Personally, when I watch a show like that, I, I need them to be not only a singer, but I like for them to be a performer. Like, right. you know, I want to see a show. And that last night was kind of like such a letdown. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, in this day and age, anybody can sound like a great singer on the radio, but live? He might have been sick. You know, he sounded a little raspy. No no hating on Adam Levine. I just thought that for, I know a lot of people turned the, the halftime show down from what I read in the news, but oh my gosh, it just, I felt like, let's just go back to, let's just get Bruno Mars again. My sister was like, Bruno Mars was good. <laughs> that was like years ago. You're right. And, or Justin Timberlake. That's always just, just go get Justin. Yeah. He's always he's fun, fun to watch. He's fun to watch. Yeah. He's, he's fun to, he sings too. He sings, he dances, he's funny. He could just get up there and do his Saturday Night Live skits. You know, oh come on gosh. down to Liquorville, you know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. I know. Uh, okay, and we did, you know, we had the Super Bowl, so we did Super Bowl food. We did a couple fun, you know. Uh, My food was more entertaining than the game. I, I had actual chips. You were living on the edge. Yeah, I, so. I can't even believe you did that. We don't cheat much, uh, not very often, so I decided since it was a Super Bowl, I brought some. I bought some chips. Okay, some chips and some salsa. I went crazy. Well, you got some organic blue corn tortilla chips <laughs> that were not in the worst oil on the planet. <laughs> but this used to be your go-to snack, like all the time. Right, you'd come it in, did. I'd be cooking. You'd pull out chips and salsa, and I used to make our own salsa, which was really good. I learned from this lady named Delfina when I worked at this hotel in downtown Fort Worth. She mm-hmm. taught me how to make. Some really good, authentic 
salsa. Yep. And oh my gosh, we didn't do that. I didn't make it for you. I made you eat like jar sauce. Well, what was funny was <laughs> is I, I had the bag of chips and the little thing of salsa and I probably ate, you know, 20 chips and that was pretty much about it. Yeah. And I put the bag away. So usually I would destroy the whole bag and and the whole jar of salsa and just knock it out. Yeah, I didn't eat any of that. I think I tasted one chip and was like, nah, I don't need that. Did, it didn't bother me, you know, yeah. a few chips. And again, that goes back to, hey, it's a Super Bowl. Or when people ask, hey, can I do this on the weekend? You know, you establish whenever you want to go what you think is off diet. Yeah. Sometimes, it's, sometimes it's way off diet. Other times, like a little bit of chips is not too far off what, you, what you're doing. What was funny... To me, while I was getting stuff ready, is that since we've done the carnivore thing for so, we did that for so long, that now when I go back to just make regular keto food, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> like, I'm making ribs with some of that barbecue sauce that doesn't have sugar in it. Um, I was kind of worried about that, because when I had insomnia a while back, I was one, I didn't know if it was like a barbecue sauce that we had that had tomatoes in it. I was all like a little bit worried about the food we were having, but I made chicken wings with just like butter and Cholula sauce is the buffalo sauce, and then um, the ribs, you can see that online. I actually put the recipe. It's really simple food. Especially, you know, if you have an Instant Pot, you can have some tender ribs in like 30 minutes and then you just let it uh, release the steam naturally. All you Instant Pot users, you'll know what I'm talking about. But you can go see that recipe on Instagram or on our Facebook at the Tactical Kitchen. Yeah, and it was it was all really good. And what we also joked about was is when you try to, you know, like it's Super Bowl. So most of the time when you have a party, there's all kinds of food. You eat like the entire game. Uh, you know, all of our food was ready and we ate it in like 10 minutes. We're like, I'm so full. I can't eat it anymore. kickoff was at 5.30 and I think I had it ready at 5, you know, at 5.30. And we were done like 10 minutes into the game. <laughs> I was like, I'm so full. I can't eat anymore. Because you, you can't stuff yourself on keto food. It is so hard because no. it's just so satisfying and you eat the amount that your body needs, and then your body says, hey, I bet that's cool. I'm done. You can stop eating now. Well, I was snacking on, like, while I was cooking, getting it ready, I was snacking on some pork rinds and some sour cream, some, you know, full-fat, mm-hmm. yeah. organic, grass-fed sour cream. And I was like, oh, I can't eat but more than, like, two or three <laughs> of these little things because I'm not going to be able to eat my food because you do fill up so fast mm-hmm. on keto, even keto snacking. It's like, oh, that was a full meal. I can't eat now. Yeah, and we, we try to explain that to people. And, and really what it is is you're eating the nutrient-dense food. So yeah. your body, your body, you know, understands the nutrients are coming in opposed to if you eat, like, regular chips or... Uh, maybe if you're snacking on carrots or celery, th- that food is not nutrient dense. So, well, and you just like there's no if there's no fat, you know, when there's no fat, you're like, I'm hungry still, right. you know. Well, your body will keep asking for nutrients. It's like, hey, bro, I get it. You stuff garbage. Um, I don't, f- I don't feel any satisfaction from that. Keep stuffing it in. Oh, the worst thing for me would be potato chips. I could just like, not right. corn tortilla chips. I, I could stop on those because that's, they're like dry to me. <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't my thing. Potato chips uh, or fries. I could just sit there and eat like all of them mm-hmm. and then still be hungry. Right. 
And That's so again, frustrating. The reason is because there's nothing in that that satisfies your body, so you can no. keep stuffing in, like a pizza or pasta. You know, there's nothing in that, so your body will just keep, you know, stuffing it on in. I know. So it was funny because we were done eating, and then at halftime, I'm, I did make our um, like chocolate whipped cream dessert over some frozen ra- like raspberries and blueberries with the peanut butter, a little scoop of peanut butter, and a little piece of dark chocolate, which I was kind of reprimanded online earlier this week for posting a picture (laughs) of that and being told that it wasn't keto. And I was like, hold on now. Slow your roll there. Hold your horses. This is my private page. Don't come keto police me because I checked my ketones. I'm still in ketosis. So then Mm. it's keto for me. Anyway, that's my personal experience. Um, But I made that at halftime. And I was like sitting there, we were sitting there eating it. And that was then when the Adam Levine and I don't know the rappers, but that whole fiasco. Other people who performed. Other people who did stuff and we're eating it. And I'm like, at least the dessert is exciting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we had that too. And I was so full after that because I felt like, you know, with the ribs, the chicken wings, I still got super full, and I just I didn't eat that much. It look when you look at it, it's not that much food really, but it just is very satisfying. It is. It is very satisfying. And uh, you know, you talked uh, just earlier about the uh, whole insomnia thing, and you know, we're talking about eating a little bit of different food uh, and seeing how it affects you. But sometimes you're rolling right along, uh, doing everything you think is correct, and something like insomnia pops up. So what do you do? Oh man, that was, I talked about that, you know, last week and that was, that was, I was starting to feel like I was going crazy. I mean, honestly, when you don't sleep and when you can't fall asleep and everyone else in the house is asleep, even the cat and you disturb her because you move and she looks at you like you're horrible. Um, it's, it's really frustrating. So I'd added in some carbs, which we talked about that, the sweet potato, uh, with my evening meal, And after about a week of doing that, I feel like my sleep has gotten so much better that now the last, let's see, Saturday and Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I just backed off on the sweet potato and didn't have any. And I've just gone back to more carnivore and I'm still sleeping good. But I did because of my background as nutritional therapy practitioner, I did know what supplements to kind of help myself along and you know, sometimes it's just like things like flower extracts, like passion flower extract. And I've got a few supplements that um, are specific for helping you get back into that circadian rhythm mm-hmm. and resetting the cortisol and working with that, some adaptogenics. So I used that. And we've talked about that before, how that it shouldn't have to supplement, yeah. <laughs> But, but sometimes but you do. Sometimes you need to, and it really, you know, and there's no shame in it. So now I'm back to sleeping all night. Mm-hmm. I feel great. I'm able to work out. I'm able to not feel like I'm drunk all day. Because if you don't sleep, they say that's worse than being like. If, and then you go try to drive. That's like being a drunk driver. Right, because you know you're you're not as alert as you would normally be if you got a good night's rest. So, um, you know, and that's just slower reaction time so yeah it is kind of like kind of like being a drunk driver because your reactions are are not so great yeah it's awful so now i've i've kind of fixed that and i know some people would be like you don't have to have carbs you shouldn't have you shouldn't have to have carbs carbs and we know they're not essential we've said it a thousand times right, ourselves we have 
I used it as a supplement. And that's how I view it. Since I view, and we do, we view our food as a medicinal treatment for what we're going through. I viewed the carbohydrates as a supplement to my diet to help me get to a place I needed to be to be healthy. Because really, it doesn't matter, you know, the whole end goal is health. Mm-hmm. Right. The whole end goal is to feel good, you know, do what you want, be able to go out and, and enjoy life. That's the whole goal. So, but sometimes it does help to have a coach because weird things will happen, especially if you're coming from a regular standard American diet, coming to keto or coming to carnivore, you can have some digestive issues, some some rashes, yeah. uh, some outbreaks. So having somebody that's, uh, you know, uh, a different I always say a third party, but there's only two people involved. Yeah, there could be. I don't know. It depends on how many personalities you have. <laughs> Having a coach out there to say, hey, this is what's happening and to go through it. Because some people will quit right there. They'll, oh, yeah. they'll go to carnivore and they'll get like maybe a rash that could be because their body is detoxing and they'll just quit the diet and they'll tell you it didn't work. I know. Or they'll have gallbladder pains because... If you ate a low-fat diet for years, your gallbladder wasn't utilized very well. So when you go back to making that gallbladder work, you could have some gallbladder issues. It could be some sticky gunk up in some there. Some sticky gunk. So sticky gunk. having somebody with experience in the diet letting you know that's what it is and having you either back off of maybe not enough fat or too much fat and adjusting those things so you can get through it and get on to a healthier way of eating is very important. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I went through so many different changes with the carnivore diet. If I had not known, you know, and done some research and been what I am as a nutritionist, I would have probably quit because Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff happened. I had, you know, rashes for weeks (laughs) that were miserable. (laughs) I'd wake up and I've talked about that before. I'd wake up and I would be scratching my legs in my sleep to where they were bleeding. And that's not normal. But what I what I figured out is that my detox was happening so fast that it might have been better for me to go into it slower. But you never know that until it happens. Right. And so I was already down the rabbit hole. I wasn't going back. Right, <laughs> you know? right. I was just going to push through. And it, it did all go away, mm-hmm. which is... You know, if you're going through anything like that out there, because you're trying, you did the carnivore month in January, and you started having weird stuff happen, you maybe just, you know, yeah, you can back off a little bit and do it slower, or you can just push right on through. (laughs) (laughs) I just keep driving. Like a crazy person. You know, and that's something else that uh, happened to us yesterday. Uh, You know, we got up and we went in, uh, went in town. We took the uh, horse and buggy and went in town. Um, If we went to the bookstore. We don't live by anything. No, it's it's a 20-minute drive to everything. So uh, we went in town, and we went to the bookstore, and we ran into uh, a couple that were looking at books, and you could tell they were trying to to adjust their diet, go keto maybe. Well, here's the thing. I never meet a stranger. <laughs> and so you had gone off to go look for something, and I was in the book section, the keto book section, which, by the way is amazing now. If you go to some place like Barnes & Noble, which is where we were at, then the book selection, compared to when we started four years ago, it's grown so much. They've had to like make new shelves, like clear out other stuff. They could have have an entire keto section now at the bookstore. It's crazy. They could. And Maria Emmerich pretty much takes over half of it. (laughs) She does. I know. She's got so many books. Keeps churning out books. just one after the other. And I always point people to her books because she has stuff that's like, if you want to be dairy-free, if you know that's a problem, go go there. Get the dairy-free 
cookbook she has for keto. Just so many different things. But there was a lady and her husband, they were just like, they look so lost. Yes. <laughs> they look so lost and puzzled. And she had her phone out and she was looking stuff up. And so I just said, hey, what keto book are you looking for? Yeah. Well, so what are you looking for there? And she was like, "I'm at first words, I'm so overwhelmed. <laughs> and isn't that the thing with most people when they just like decide to go from standard American to keto, which we didn't really have that problem because we slid into keto without even knowing. Correct. We didn't even know what we were doing. Man, I'm going to say it right now. This is like motorcycle day. Is that more motorcycles? Do we have a motorcycle That is like the, the, yeah, motorcycles are just zipping back and forth. It's beautiful here today. Yeah, everybody's out on their bikes. Everybody is getting the motorcycles out and getting outside, which we're going to do as well. But yeah. anyway, I, I just wanted to point that out because it's a third motorcycle that's been screaming by here. Yeah, because some of them are really loud. Some of them are really loud, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but this, so that was her first word, overwhelmed. And so she was looking for something and I got to talking to him. We had this, we ended up, what, talking to those people for about an hour and a half? <laughs> yeah, at least an hour, which was great because it turns out they, they live in the same town we live in. Yeah, very close to us. And they're brand new. They're starting on their keto journey. They had a nephew that lost a lot of weight and is doing really well. She So she gave me her whole story. We talked. I basically gave her a nutritional therapy like consultation right, <laughs> right there. there. Right there in the bookstore. And store. we exchanged information because it's so important when you are with starting this, you know, as a new person to have those support people that you can go to and say, uh, this came up. I'm having headaches. I'm having cramps. I'm doing this. And just somebody that can say, oh, it's not a big deal. Just do this. Mm-hmm. Take some magnesium. Increase your salt. So we had this great conversation, but there's always the first questions that come up when you start co- having a conversation with someone. Right. The standard questions. Uh, the one we get all the time is, is grass-fed versus conventionally raised beef. That's a big one. Yeah, because, you know, besides the alcohol question, but well, <laughs> almost the, everyone the, asked that. That's, that one as well. Yeah. So the the cause, what I figured out by talking to random strangers, which is what I do, uh, <laughs> is that cost is a big factor, of course, when someone's looking at going keto because they there's a lot of confusion out there where people get online and everyone says you know you've got to get grass fed grass finished this and that and farm right don't get farm raised this get wild caught this and your eggs have to be from like a chicken and like i don't know some beautiful setting right if, if, if <laughs> being hand fed worms if you, if you didn't raise your chickens <laughs> at the uh the the egyptian pyramids in the, the summer know. solstice, then you're not supposed to eat them. Something like that. And it's it was retarded. just, yeah, it's it just so confusing. So we had this conversation, and the big barrier to entry for them was financial. Right. And, and that's for a lot of people, financial is what really hinders them from, from stepping in because they think they have to buy the most expensive meat. And so when I told her what I purchased, and I told her, man, I use mygrocerydeals.com and I find the sales. And I I don't worry too much about that. There are a few things that I do just have a personal thing. Like I want a little bit better quality eggs. Mm-hmm. I like the free yeah. range. I like the taste. Um, I like knowing that my multivitamin uh, of my egg yolk is a little bit 
a little bit higher quality. Yeah, and you can tell the difference in eggs. I bought some you different can. eggs the other day. Yeah, you can tell the difference in the in the happy hen eggs versus the the eggs at the grocery store that are in the white styrofoam cotton mm-hmm. carton. You can just tell, and you can tell by flavor. So that, you know, but yeah, the barrier to entry for so many people is their finances. When you're looking at grass-fed beef, it's so expensive for some people. And if you can afford it and you love it, I think go for it. But if you're trying to get your health better and you're looking at keto as a health benefit, then buy what you can afford. Right. I mean, that's that's what we do. We don't we don't go out and search out, you know, grass fed meat, the most expensive meat. We, We buy what's on sale. Yeah. And the relief. And she actually said, I'm so relieved. I feel like I can do this now. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing. And then later on, you start looking at when you stop buying all the snacks and the sodas and all these different things, then you can start readjusting your budget. And maybe you do want to put a little bit more money into the quality. But telling someone from the beginning that they have to go there right. is a lot of times a turnoff for someone. And that's a big uh, you know misconception about keto is it's more, it's more expensive. But if you're really going all in, it's really not because all the it's all the additional items that add up on your grocery bill. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it, now if if you're buying meat and you're buying everything else, yes, it's going to be more expensive. But what's going to happen is, is you're going to pare your food down to what you just need, not to all the stuff that you just want, which is what I used to do when I had my vanilla wafers, my peanut butter crackers. I mean, I had so much snack stuff, it was hilarious. Yeah, and we talked about that before. Your snacks were expensive because the vanilla wafers where we lived were like $5 a box. I know. What a ripoff, right? I know. And you had no idea. I had no idea. But, oh well. We don't eat those anymore. No. So. So the other thing you brought up was, you know, one of the first questions is, can I drink alcohol? Right. And, you know, I, I always say, Sure. Yeah, you can. Absolutely. There are tons of keto-friendly alcohols. There's keto-friendly wine. There's keto-friendly hard liquors. There was a a commercial at the Super Bowl for a... An alcohol seltzer water or something, wasn't it? Yeah, they have that spiked uh, sparkling water now. Yeah, it was alcoholic sparkling water. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seems funny, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like... Yeah. I don't know. But hey, you want to try it, maybe it'll work. Well... My first question to someone is like, why are you going keto? Mm-hmm. And they want to lose weight. And then I bring out the information of, here's what alcohol does. Your body views, as a, views alcohol as a poison so and a toxin, so it has to get rid of it. And your liver shuts down and says, we got to get rid of this alcohol. And fat burning shuts down at that point because you have to clear the alcohol. And for some people, not every single person... But there are instances in uh, the literature where it can shut down your fat-burning ability for up to 48 hours. And that can be a real knock, you know, on your on your progress. Right. It can slow it way down. And if you have the intent to lose a certain amount of weight by a certain amount of time, then maybe don't do the alcohol for a while. Correct. And, and, and that's a great point. And you go back to, hey, maybe just... You know, have it on the weekends, not have it every day, because that's what a lot of people do is they come home from work, they've had a stressful day, and they want to sit down and have a glass of wine. You just got to know that glass of wine is not in line with your long-term goals. Right. And what, you know, and what was interesting 
another point about when we go through our own personal things, like this insomnia issue that I had, I always, I always say, I go through something, I know that I go through something to benefit somebody else. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things that we talked about yesterday, me and the, the lady that I met, was that she has insomnia. Mm. And so I was like, thank you, universe. Um, So I know about this. I was just (laughs) dealing with this. (laughs) Because I've never had insomnia before in my life. We talked about that. I can fall asleep anywhere, anyway, (laughs) anytime. And I can sleep all night. But this was my first battle with this. And now I know that... I know how to how to deal with it and how to fix it for myself, and I've got some tools now that I can use with someone else, and it just makes it so much easier when you identify with the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. And so, you know, I, I know we used to drink too, and the alcohol, the insomnia, the sugar addiction—we've been there. So. Yeah, I was, I was the typical guy that I, I had some some beer in the fridge or some cider in the fridge, and uh, you come home from work and with dinner have you know a, a single beer, an alcohol, you know, or a glass of wine. We do that often because that, that's just it, it's marketed to us that that is normal and everybody does that. Adults do this. Ad, sort adults of thing. drink alcohol, so you just have to make that determination of what is what I'm doing in line with my health goals. And they weren't, so we cut it out. Yeah, we, we haven't had it alcohol out. And in now, a long know, time. Now we know how to help someone else see the benefit versus the, you know, the pro versus the con on it mm-hmm. and weigh their options. And like we say, it's not out of the picture. It's just, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes your choice, which gives you sort of a little bit of more, I guess it's more empowering to know that I'm making this decision to benefit my health versus, um, I don't know. I, I think it's just empowering to be able to say, I don't want to not burn fat for up to 48 hours. I'd rather be healthy, so I'm not going to do that. Right. And you get, you know, you get healthy and get into optimal health. And then once you reach that, if you want to every once in a while, like for the Super Bowl, have a couple chips, and then maybe if we wanted to have uh, a beer or a glass of wine, then you can because the, the damage it's going to do is not so detrimental that it's going to completely derail you right. and, and put on 20 pounds overnight. So th- that's what you have to understand. It's just like when I was in the, the military and we go running and you ran in formation. And what they always told you, it's way easier to keep up than it is to fall behind and then try and catch up. So once you catch up, you catch up to your op- your optimal health, then you're there. Just keep up. Just keep doing you know, what it takes to stay in optimal health. If you come off every once in a while, it's not going to put you that far behind. Right. And, you know, and also we've talked about this so many times, but if you do eat the chips or you do have the beer or you, whatever you would decide to have, you know, immediately the effect that it has on your body because you've been away from it for a certain period of time and Mm -hmm. you can really narrow down how it makes you feel and, you know, whether it disrupted your sleep or you felt hungry really suddenly afterwards, um, you know, just aches and pains, all the little things that go with... You will notice if you have an arthritis issue or you have, uh, you know, any other health issue that's that's uh, exasperated by alcohol or too many carbohydrates, you will know. Because like we talked about earlier, you know, a ketogenic diet is what keeps you in ketosis. So if you can eat 100 grams of carbohydrates and still produce ketones, you're eating a ketogenic diet. 
I know I can't do that. If I, you know, if I go up above 20 and get up into words of 50, that I'm going to start having problems. So I know that, I know that about me and you have to experiment and figure out what works for you. And that's also what was really interesting about, and the sweet potato in for a little bit is that I did stay in ketosis and I can see now for me, if I'm now, I don't know if it would be different if I was sedentary, but with doing two workouts a day, most days Mm -hmm. that I can have more carbohydrates when I want them. And if I feel like I need them, um, but I also have seen that I can do those two workouts a day without them. So I've, I feel like I've gotten into this place of flexibility, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And that if I do have half of a sweet potato, I don't fall out of ketosis, which is you know really interesting. And I used my Keto Mojo to check it out. And so it was it was awesome. So yeah, that, a good point. Testing to make sure what's going on in your body is, is beneficial. And you know, your lifestyle, do you, like the couple we talked to, they have to get up extremely early in the morning and be at work and they don't get at home until late in the evening. Their lifestyle is completely different from ours. So, so doesn't that lead us to believe that their, their food would be different from what we eat? Yeah. So So. bio-individuality, man. And you know, what I, what I know is that coming from, uh, being a female and coming from a culinary background, I love cookbooks, and a lot of women love cookbooks. Men too, but yeah, they're more... called they're called carb and motorcycle books. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, and she's when she was looking for one, I know that you want a cookbook for someone new to have a lot of pictures mm-hmm. and to have really simple stuff in it, simple condiments like even the mayonnaise, because you're trying to also transition and let someone see it's it's not just the sugar. It's those bad oils that you need to trans transition away from and into healthier fats like the avocado oil to make mayonnaise and butter and lard and coconut oil for cooking and all those different things. So it was fun to help her pick out a book and I did help her select one and I was re- she was really happy with it. And uh, so shout out to Matt and Mega and Keto Made Simple. Mm-hmm. And their cookbook because it was great for a new person. Yeah, lots of pictures, yeah, lots of easy recipes, things like chicken nuggets, which, you know, somebody coming from a standard American diet, those are appealing recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, something else we did uh, this just this last week was we watched a documentary uh, called Evolution, The Evolution of Us, I think it's called. Yeah. On uh, Netflix. And I, we just picked it because, I, you know, I watch stuff on civilizations and empires and goofy documentaries all the time, and it seemed interesting. And it just happened to go kind of down the road of human uh, biology and, and how we changed and what we were, we were eating. And it was talking about humans and of how, you know, once we became, you know, bipeds and we stood upright, why our hips and our hip joints became the way they were so we could run. Mm-hmm. Because we were hunters and we ran down animals. And they pointed out that humans were meant to run long distances, and we could chase these animals that they were fast, but they couldn't keep going uh, because they would overheat. Yeah, and they couldn't sweat. They couldn't sweat, and that was one of the reasons we don't have hair all over our entire body is so we can sweat, cool down, keep going, and we could catch these animals and kill them and eat them. And so, I thought that was so interesting. It was so because, cool, yeah. You know, these are not nutritionists talking about this. No, no, this was this had nothing to do with nutrition. These were just people talking about evolution. I know. 
And it was beautiful. It was because we get that all the time. You know, not all the time. I, I have a, a certain nemesis online who always wants to argue with me about, you know, whether we should eat. <laughs> you have a nemesis. I have a nemesis online. It's so funny. <laughs> and uh, they'll be like, no, we were hunter gatherers. We ate tubers and nuts and fruit. And I'm like, no, we, we, we didn't. That's not at all. Like, we can test bones and they'll tell you that humans were basically carnivores back then. And well, you know all the all these anthropologists on there, and the the um what they had an evolutionary biochemist or yeah, something like yeah. that, and that's what they were showing was that the way we evolved, like you said, we got bigger glutes, mm-hmm, bigger so glutes, we got the big glute muscle, and that way we could chase them down. And that's because you you know you hear about that, people will say that, but it's really cool to hear someone that has really no investment in the nutrition. Field, right. Say, yeah, we did that because we were chasing down these animals for food. Yep. It wasn't for fun. And, you know, and we we always make the point too is when they when they excavate these uh, uh, these archaeological sites in these caves, they find a lot of dead animal bones. So yeah. So it's not you can say we weren't eating them. We were eating them. And then when they drew pictures on the walls, they didn't draw pictures of like, oh look at these look at these all these plants that we ate. It was like, hey look we. We chased down this mastodon and we slayed it and we made, we made a painting of it because it was awesome. So we were hungry. We were hungry. <laughs> I mean, it is so it's so cool. And then they did talk about the transition into our, our cultures and civilizations and how we had to start farming and how that changed everything. And what was it really interesting is how that brought disease. Correct. And that was their biggest point was when we all started living together and we all started growing our own food and domesticating animals, we all got sick. And and they also talked about how that, that agricultural diet was weaker than yeah. our hunter-gatherer diet. And the great example they used was the Mongols. Remember that? That was so freaking cool. So uh, the reason the Mongols were so were so uh, fierce was because of, of what they ate, and they were very fast. So uh, they were fighting the Chinese, who had like ten times the amount of it was soldiers. Ridiculous. It was a, it was a ridiculous amount. They had China had more soldiers than than the Mongols had people in their Period. entire country. So, but what made the Mongols so awesome was they didn't have to have a logistical train to support them because they drank the milk and ate cheese from their horses. Yeah, so they brought mares with them that they used. They not only rode them, but they milked them, and they would heat the milk over fire, make mm-hmm. cheese, and they would drink the milk. And that's what they used the whole time. Right, and the reason they could do that was because the Mongols had a a, a different DNA uh, strand or a different DNA mutation that the Chinese didn't. They could they could drink they milk can as an metabolize adult. lactase. They can metabolize lactase as an adult. Lactose, sorry, lactose. And the Chinese couldn't. So the Chinese had to have they had all this rice and all these other things that they had to bring with them to eat. So they could not travel as fast and they weren't they were not as nutritionally um, sound as the Mongols. So the Mongols were just they were fiercer warriors and could travel faster than the, the Chinese could. So when they met up on the battlefield the Mongols just whooped their ass and then moved on. I know it was crazy because they would talk about that the Chinese they had so many carts, carts. that they had to pull with them just mm-hmm. for their food, and they couldn't move very fast. And then the Mongols moved faster than the news traveled. Well, and the Chinese had to walk because uh, they they couldn't they couldn't <laughs> ride on their their animals because they had to pull the carts. So the Chinese would wind up walking, and the soldiers were tired by the time they got to the battle. They're like, yeah. like dude, I walked this whole way, and now you want me to fight. 
Yeah. I'm not sure that's what Chinese people sound like. I don't think like. it is at all. <laughs> but but what, what was interesting that they didn't say, but you and I picked up on, is the fact that if the Chinese army was eating all these... They said it was very carbohydrate-based. Mm-hmm. They used tons of rice. It was very carbohydrate-based. But they did talk about the Mongols. They mostly just drank this horse milk and ate horse cheese. That was it. And that was it. And, you you know, you think about it, the mental clarity that they also probably had Mm -hmm. from being in ketosis. Right. And being, you know, I don't know what what the macronutrient ratios are in horse milk. But I know people freak out about cow's milk. Can you imagine if you were like, hey, here's some horse milk? Well, the, 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 you know, the, the people talked about how nutri- nutritionally dense that food was yeah. and how they didn't need anything else. Yeah. They just survived on milk and cheese. That's crazy. From a horse. And those are warriors. Those are not like, you know, I'm a well, software developer. Well, now, <laughs> now it makes me want to go get a book on Mongol history because it was so interesting. And mm-hmm. I've always heard that about Mongols, that they, I always heard they ate a lot of meat, but... In that one, they were saying it was just the milk and the cheese. And maybe they did eat meat along the way. I don't know. But that made me want to go read more about it because I just found it so interesting. But the key was the ability in the evolutionary, you know, change of these people for the Mongols to be able to metabolize that lactose. Mm -hmm. And that is just why we always say bio-individuality matters so much. Right. So need to check. And so do you have a Mongol DNA mutation? I don't, I don't know. Don't know. I don't know. I'm still scared to do the 23andMe because I feel like somebody's going to get all my information and maybe copy me someday. And I'm going to have like a, <laughs> They're gonna replace a clone you. out there. <laughs> Not that anybody wants an extra me, but <laughs> but that wouldn't that be weird? If, so, if somebody cloned you and they showed up at your house? Yeah. Yeah, that would be totally weird. Be, I'd punch them right in the face. <laughs> What was that movie where uh, the guy had all the extra clones? Oh, Multiplicity? Multiplicity, yeah. With uh, Michael Keaton? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. She touched my pepe, Steve. (laughs) So funny. So so this is why I haven't done 23andMe, a real logical reason. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Totally legit. (laughs) So, yeah. So it would be cool to see what, what, you know, enzymes you have and... I think it would help to know with what you're eating. Well, I don't think it, there's anything wrong with that. Te- well, a lot of people technology. say a lot of people say they're lactose intolerant. Are they really? I don't know. That's what I've always said. So I don't know. Am I? Yeah, you don't know. You have to test. But here's the thing: horse milk from those horses would have probably had lactose and lactase. Mm-hmm. So when you have those two together, and we've talked about this before. They work together to break the milk sugar down um, because the problem is most people don't have lactase in their enzyme profile mm-hmm. that are lactose intolerant. That's why you can't drink it. So it would be interesting to know the profile of horse milk, <laughs> and, but I'm not going to drink horse milk. I'm not going there. I've never heard anyone doing that, but it's that cool to know sense. that you can. I mean, that's pretty neat. Well, people drink camel milk. Yeah, they do. Remember when we watched The Long Way Around mm-hmm. and they were in Mongolia yep. and they gave them some milk and they were it was like fermented. Yeah. 
And they were like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. good. <laughs> I think they drank it, though, and said it was, says it was not bad. Yeah, they did. They drank it. So if you haven't ever watched The Long Way Around, that's that's a good one. It's with... Ewan uh, McGregor yeah. and his friend. Ewan McGregor. Yeah, a long way around that turned into Fear Factor all of a sudden. Oh, my God, yeah. Because <laughs> they cook... The, it, that was really cool, too, because they we're in Mongolia. Mm-hmm. There's no vegetation around. No. Like, zero and I think we talked about that on another podcast we did with the Mongolians with the Golden Eagles. Correct. Yeah. So there, that's like that place is like looks like a brown moon. Right. It's crazy. So there is no vegetation to have. You can't eat the rainbow there. No. There is no rainbow to be had. No. You'd have to actually eat a real rainbow. Unless unless the U.S. military airdrops Skittles, you're not getting a rainbow. <laughs> no, you're not getting anything. <laughs> so you know, surviving on meat and. Uh, whatever milk they had during that episode, that's pretty much what they did. Right. And again, we've talked about, you know, the Weston A. Price book, you know, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, and he and he catalogs some societies that they live mostly off just cheese and milk. I know. I like that diet. I really, I really do. <laughs> I think I could survive on that. I need to make sure I can drink some milk. Y'all may be seeing me just survive on milk and cheese soon that'd be another experiment Uh, i don't know i don't think i can do it we should we found a dairy there is a dairy close to us that has some raw unpasteurized milk so that might be our next Next thing thing, to try go get some of that and check it out yeah because we haven't had it in a really really long time right it's a high fat content milk and it's from uh those uh swiss brown cows so Say that fast. Swiss brown cows. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that kind of takes us to the end of our podcast. Our ramblings. Our ramblings. So uh, we hope you enjoyed it and uh, hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. Yeah. Hope somebody did. Hope somebody did because it wasn't I know me. Tom Brady did. Tom Brady loved it. I saw so many memes that said, don't worry about your diet today. Today is Tom Brady's cheat day too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so that's so good. He takes so much heat. Hey, uh, you know, no. you win six Super Bowls, people are gonna hate you. I don't even think he has enough fingers to wear all of his rings. He doesn't. Now. He has them on his toes now. That's really so gross. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, you guys have a good week. Thanks for tuning in, and go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.